We only partner with companies that we really believe in and what we actually apply and practice in our daily lives. We've been wearing Vivo Barefoot shoes now for over six years and literally it's the only footwear we wear. They're offering a 15% discount to Happy Pair listeners with the code HAPPYPAIR15. And there's a 100-day money-back guarantee, so you've nothing to lose in terms of trying them. And really, if you think about it, your feet are the foundation of your movement. All your movement stems from your feet. And when you've got, within a matter of months, your feet will become 60% stronger. That's from recent studies that they found. And really, it, it affects your hips, your knees, your joints. We found in our own experience that our feet have become stronger, our knees, our hips, our whole body alignment. And really, if you think about it, a lot of people put um, just standard shoes on their on their kids, which tends to restrict the movement and restrict the strength and whatever. They've got a full range of shoes for the full family. Do check them out. 100 days money back guarantee. So there's nothing to lose. The code for 15% off is Happy Pair 15. We couldn't recommend it more if you're interested in trying barefoots. VivoBarefoot.com. Hello and welcome to the Happy Pair podcast, where we explore life, finding meaning, finding more significance, and also just Find more joy in your day. Yeah, more joy, ease, peace. And it really is, we get so much joy out of this. And thank you so much for your time because I know you could have clicked on loads of different things here. And we really do our best. We value your time and we want to make this as useful as possible. So thank so, you. So I've got a big, deep question for you. Great, great. Reasons. Right. Who's your role model? Or do you have one? Or do you have many? Over the last, over the, over the podcast, I definitely have a number of people who I've kind of gone, they are, they are people who I deeply admire, respect, and I would like to be more like them. So I would definitely think Matthias Schutten. Yeah. I really look forward to spending time with him. He was the professor of, of um, ecology. He's the professor of ecology, the Dutch guy who we did an episode with a few weeks ago. And he was just deeply, like I literally came off that episode and said, I have found my leader. I will go to Holland and spend time with that guy. And I'm going over in March and I'm going to go spend time with him. And what is the attributes within these people that you've gotten that, because I'd say they probably all add up. It's, and the same way like Jerry Hussey is the same. They have a wisdom to them, something which is more eternal and it's more based on how do we find more joy and ease in our life rather than the kind of, how do we collect more stuff or how do we gather more information? It's like, how can I live with more joy, more ease? ease more peace on my daily basis because the more I relation with myself is better the more the outside is going to reflect that and uh, I'm going to throw a little curveball my, my role models are my children oh I love like that because Ned yeah. Ned is the epitome he goes slow he's in the moment don't bother me Theo is incredibly articulate about his emotions and teaches me so much about him and May just has this grace that I am eternally envious of because it's good, because I was actually going to ask you what age do these cover? Because I would say I'm deep in my little mini role model right here, which is uh, you, Mr. Ralph, and uh, how to find everything so interesting and to slow yeah, down. Marvel, and Ralph yeah. is four months old in case you're wondering Sarah's newborn. Yeah. Well, he's not technically, he's not newborn anymore. I think you're only newborn until two months. Oh, well, so now he's a toddler. Oh, moving through the phase of Sarah Fawcett. But I, I do love that because, I, I mean, people always talk about... Um, the surrendering of motherhood or fatherhood, whatever it is. And like you, I mean, there's no, for me anyway, there's no better way to meditate or anything but to slow down with a small, small infant because they don't give a shit what you're doing, what anything they'll have, you know, they just want you to be present in that exact moment. You know, Ralph will go from uh, laughing to crying in a split second. You're like, whoa. And it's just because he's feeling real time his real emotions mm. like he is right now. <laughs> Suppose they are like ultimately the, the best teacher ever in teaching us how to be more in tune with nature and more in tune with life. Well, the, the actual the flow. Yeah, he is. And that's why yesterday we were going for a walk and we met two ladies and we were, we were walking along and I was carrying Ralph and they were like, oh, do you have a new baby? And I was like, no, 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 it's Sarah's. And they were kind of like 
you know, the way you see people around young babies and they kind of remind me of dementors nearly. <laughs> yeah. You know, that kind of like, this is the source of life. And, and dementors is the wrong word there, but there's that just absolute envy and deep admiration because it's almost like we're looking energetically at someone that's just something but, that's uh, connected but, to the source of life. I, I don't know where I heard it, but something that like l- small, like newborns have a similar kind of mental frequency as that of an enlightened being. And it oh, wouldn't yeah, surprise yeah, yeah. me. I heard yeah. that too. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise because me. Because they can totally meditate into the present moment. Oh, sorry. Ralph is, uh, <laughs> my my little enlightened being right now is uh, looking for my attention. <laughs> uh, on that note, we're going to talk to you just about this week's podcast. It's with Dr. Dana Cohen. So she's best-selling author on the book called Quench. It's all about hydration. It's all about water. It's all about 90% of people. So that's almost everyone listening to this podcast now is typically dehydrated. And there's so many takeaways in this practical, short, elegant episode. Yeah, this is one of the most practical episodes because it's something that's applicable to everyone and it's something which we do every day. She talks about the importance of, I'm not even going to get into but the importance of eating water, what you can do, how you can stack your day up where you can naturally be hydrated. And as she said, it can be this, such a massive source of energy, of well-being and really helping emit so much disease. I loved when we got into the top because the structure of water and how water has intelligence. Yeah, there's, there's a memory to water. Um, so without further ado, we give you the wonderful Dr. Dana Cohen. She's a practical, integrative, integrative, functional medical doctor and best-selling author of the book, Quinn. And she's based in New York City yeah. in Queens. Uh, mm. Here we go. Without further ado, the wonderful Dr. Dana Cohen. Hi, there you are. <laughs> I- <laughs> I'm yeah. so happy to see you guys. Oh, yeah. likewise. <laughs> likewise. Oh, good on you. I like your art there. I think it looks pretty cool. It looks like you're in some sort of Roman, I don't know, looks cool. Awesome. New this York is city. my uh, my apartment in the city. <laughs> Where are you based? New York City. New York. Wow. I'm actually in Queens. Oh, cool. Just outside of the city. So so what is the doctor of hydration drinking? Oh, um, Pellegrino. Pellegrino, so fizzy water. Yeah. Fizzy water, yes. Okay, nice. Yeah. Nice, well, I love what you do. We've really enjoyed digging into you over the last couple of days and learning all your, not learning all because you could never learn all about anyone. But um, yeah, it's really wonderful to have you. It really is. And after meeting you and that chance at the cafe, it was great. It was really, really lovely. Dan, Dan was in uh, Ireland there a few, I'd say it was a few weeks ago. And I met you at the yeah. cafe over the coffee machine and it was brilliant. Yeah, we were there over New Year's um, visiting dear friends and... Uh, it's a, it's a funny story because and I've told everybody because I was so excited about it. So I I love everybody. Somebody Pete Bill, like I love that show. It is the most joyous, fun show. Like he just brings so much joy. And my best friend told me to, you have to watch the Dublin episode. So I watched it and never think I didn't even know where you guys. I, I just heard outside of Dublin. I didn't pay attention to where you were. Every time I've been to Dublin, I never leave Dublin. I've never been to the West Coast because I never want to leave my friends that I'm, that's there. And um, so we were going to Glendalough and instead of them coming through the city to pick me up, we took the train to Greystones. And um, and so he said, let's have lunch. I know this place. I've been dying to go to it. And he said, it's called The Happy Paradise. I was like, oh. <laughs> and funny. so, yeah, so it was, it was, uh, it was meant to be. That's well, gas. Oh, well, Phil was yeah. over in Ireland last week. We had dinner with him last Monday. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God. I just adore him. What a, what a just bright light of sunshine. <laughs> yeah, he's a fun man. And his whole yeah. family are, they're all good. good. You did a one man uh, show. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was really, brilliant. Really good theater, theater show. show. Yeah. 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 We're actually going to see him in, um, 
in New Jersey somewhere, and uh, he's he's doing it. I guess he's traveling this one man show. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Very good. Well, well, I'd love to bring the conversation onto hydration because I'd love to, and I'd love to kind of start it off with just getting a context of like you know you've been a doctor for a long time, you know, functional and inter- integrative doctor um <laughs> you made a pain to that one i did yeah well they're big words integrative integrative um but i'm wondering about uh, like dehydration what percentage like obviously this is going to be impossible to calculate but like of your view and your experience with dehydration what percentage do you think of us as a population you know in western culture and in, in you know first world countries what percentage yeah. of people do you reckon are dehydrated so um my opinion is probably ninety percent of us. Wow! You know, and including my 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 yogis and my my athletes that come in. You know, the ones who who think they're doing fantastic. Um, I think none of us, you know, really do it right. It's very rare to find somebody who does it really right. But you know, the 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 number that seems to go around is seventy five percent of us. And and you know, the difference is you want to differentiate between overt dehydration, you know, which we we know as doctors what that looks like. You know, you've had vomiting and diarrhea whenever you end up in the ER and your eyes are you know <laughs> popping out of your head that's overt dehydration we're not even talking about that we're talking about this um, subclinical or low grade sort of day in day out dehydration that we all experience unless we're on top of it at all times it's the one thing in my practice that I really am a stickler for meaning um you know diet, I, 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 I subscribe to the 80-20 rule. Give me 80% and I'm really happy, you know. Um, but hydration, I really want 100%. You need to be on top of it day in, day out, hour by hour. Um, and we could talk about what that, you know, what that means and what that looks like. It's hard. It's really hard because there's no simple test or no simple measurement. But we all have to sort of live in our bodies, not be cut off from the neck down, know what it feels like to be properly hydrated and then and then stay on top of it um and you know thirst is not is not a great uh measure it's uh if you're thirsty you're already too far gone yeah. so and, then, and for for men it's kind of almost easier when you stand at a urinal because you can see your urine whereas i think for women it's harder because you tend to sit and it's not as you know your t- your hardware is different so you've got to yeah. kind of make a, an intentional effort to look at you know, what color is my urine? Whereas for a man, like it's harder not to look than it is to look, you know, you're kind of, oh, Jesus, very <laughs> well, yellow, I better drink a water. Yeah. So, I, you know, the, it turns out, and I, and since my book, it's the book's actually about four years old. Since then, that I, I, I no longer think that actually looking at the color of your urine is such a great um, way to, to measure um, dehydration. It's, it's okay, meaning, um, you know, if you in the morning you look at the color of your urine and you you know what what your concentrated urine should look like, and then by the end of the day it's clear. Then then it's a, that's a good that's sort of you kind of know. But it turns out it's not the best way to 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 know if you're hydrated. The best way is to actually look at how much urine output you have in a day. So I think if the one thing that you can take home today is um, we are meant to urinate every two or three hours during our waking hours. And if you're not doing that, then you're not hydrating well enough. And I think that that's a really important thing. I know me, I'll sit at my desk eight hours straight, never get up once. And I'm like, oh, what am I doing? You know, you, you forget. And and we also condition ourselves to do that because we want to work harder and we want to, you know, or, or we don't, you know, we want to take an eight hour drive somewhere we're driving so we don't drink purposely. Um, it's important for many reasons. Number one, you're getting up, you're stopping, you're moving. 
um, but it's important to to pee every two or three hours. It's a really good, I think that that is like a very important marker to think about. Yeah, that's nice. I, I like the fact that you're moving it on from urine because urine is the one that p- people typically look at. Um, yeah. One thing in, in the context of water, when most people feel tired, they tend to turn to coffee, chocolate, alcohol, whatever upper or, or stimulant of choice. But typically our, our primary fuel source is oxygen, then it's water and only ter- the third level it typically is food. I wonder if you could talk about the importance of water for energy. Yeah. Uh. It's so interesting. You know, water is absolutely a source of energy and we're, we're and people are just now really starting to think about it differently. You know, energy we to get it might get a little technical, but energy, we know that food or glucose is what makes ATP in the in the body. ATP is is our is our source of energy. So that's what our cellular energy is. And when you start to think about um, you know, how like we don't make that many ATPs to give us this kind of energy. And there's, you know, first of all, I, I, I'm sorry, I want to just take one step back. There is so much we don't know about physiology. Not Nobody does. Doctors don't know. Scientists don't know. We're still, it's, and it's always so surprising to me when we learn something new in science. You know, you think because we're in this day and age, we know everything. We don't. Um, and there has to be some other source of energy in our body. Um, and I'm here to say that water is absolutely a source of energy. It's an electrical source of energy, so it moves electricity through the body. But it also, there may be, and this is this is not science now. This is this is theory. Um, there, it may be a source of hydraulic energy. The way that water water moves in and out of the cell actually creates hydraulic energy, which is interesting to think about. So um, yes, water is a source of energy. In fact, there's not a podcast that I don't do that I don't say the single most important thing that you can do to treat and prevent chronic disease first and foremost is hydrate. Um, It's that important. And in fact, um, when was it? Just not that long ago, maybe a month ago, there was a new study by the NIH. I'm sure it was big news all over the place. They did a study of over 15,000 people and it showed that people who are low grade dehydrated um, are more at risk for chronic disease, diabetes, um, and an early death. So that's the first that's that's ever really been talked about. A really exciting um, study that was done. And and uh, so everything I've been saying for the past four years is absolutely true. First, start with hydration. And when you talked about food as energy, um, I find so much more often in the afternoon when you're experiencing that that dip in energy and you're like, oh, my blood sugar must be dropping. I need sugar. I need food. More often than not, it's hydration. And if you stay, if you start with hydra- hydrating first, you won't need that that afternoon boost of sugar. Um, so that's very good. And in terms of like, so so I know you're a big believer in terms of eating your water. So eating your water <laughs> sounds like a crazy thing, but I'll just give a context. I've got like two daughters, and I remember they came home from one day going, "Dad, Dad, can we do the cre- the cracker challenge? The cracker challenge. See how many crackers you can eat in a minute." And this is like dried crackers, you know. And you think, Oof. and they say, "I bet you can't eat two crackers." And it's like, "Oh, of course I can eat two crackers. I can eat fifteen in a minute. Come on!" And you start the challenge, and you start stuffing these dry crackers in your mouth, and they suck all the moisture from your mouth. 
and I couldn't eat more than two crackers. I couldn't eat more yeah. than, I couldn't believe it. Only two crackers I could eat. And, um, and I realised that the food we eat has a massive effect on our water levels. And it's the same way, like this generic rule of, oh, you should just drink two litres of water a day. And it's like, well, if I, live in a la- if I live in Ireland where it's very damp, you know, my skin absorbs water. Whereas if I lived in the Sahara Desert, two litres of water wouldn't be enough. So it's a very generic term. And if I ate just cream crackers a day, I'd need a hell of a lot more than two litres of water. Whereas if I ate just watermelon a day, I wouldn't need, I wouldn't need to drink much water. So I think there's, there's, there's so much is individualistic to what you're eating. But I'd love if you could talk about food and how we can eat our water. Yes, yes. So what you just said is 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 so perfect and and absolutely true. In fact, it's believed you know that eight glasses a day um, came from sometime they think in the 30s or 40s. But originally, um, it included like the way that they looked and how much water we need to drink included foods um, and. And then it sort of got died, you know, somehow watered down, no pun intended, um, and and then somehow turned to eight glasses of water a day. Nobody really knows where that came from. But like you said, it's absolutely different. How can you say a, a five foot two sedentary person uh, needs the same amount of water as a six foot two athlete that sweats all day long? You know, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so uh, I want to talk about the work of Dr. Gerald Pollack. Are you familiar with him? No, no. Okay, so this is this is this is the reason I wrote the book because this is this was mind blowing to me. He's a water researcher. He's in, based out of the um, University of Washington in Seattle, um, and he is he and many other scientists believe that there is a new phase of there's a fourth phase of water. So we know that water exists as liquid ice and vapor. We now know that there's a, another phase of water. They don't all necessarily agree on exactly what that is, but Dr. Pollock has one of the best theories, and most people do do really respect and agree with him. Um, so think about that. We've always been taught that we knew, you know, we know that's that's a big discovery. Water, we know what water is. And now you're telling us there's something, there's another phase of water. So it's believed then that, that fourth phase of water, which you may know as structured water or gel water, you it's it has it goes by a lot of different terms, but it's in that four, fourth phase that's believed that it exists in nature. So think about things like um, desert plants, aloe and cactus. You open up an aloe leaf and there's all that gel. Now that's not just water in there. There's other things, but that substance is loaded with this other phase of water, and basically it's how those H2O, the water molecules, how they layer upon each other. And it's in that layering, they share electricity, they share electrons, and, and they become a different, um, they they form a different type of of um of energy. They 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 hold on to energy like like um like a battery does. So so that's one way of how um we we store energy in our body through structured water. But going back, so so the um how it exists in nature, and it's also believed how it exists in our cells. So the idea is you eat more of nature's water by um, by eating more vegetables. <laughs> that's that's basically that's why your book is so. I love your book, by the way. The one I, I have is the Happy pa- the World of the Happy Pair, the first one. It is so beautiful, and um, I've been using. I've been really looking at it. It's just wonderful, and. We need to, you know, the bottom line is we don't have to all be vegans or vegetarians. That's not at all what I'm saying, but we absolutely need to eat more vegetables um, for many, many, many reasons, minerals, those kind of things, but to to get more hydration and water intracellularly, the idea is that we're eating our water. So, so yeah, there are people who come to me and say, I only drink one glass of water a day, but 
I look at them and, you know, and they're pretty good. They're fine. Some people only need one glass of water. It, it, it just depends on what you're eating, how much you're eating, the food you're eating, you know, things that dehydrate us are processed foods. Those crackers are super processed. There's nothing in them, you know, um, our environments. Uh, you do live in a very moist environment. That's gr- that is absolutely one of the things I have people tell them to put a cup of tea at their desk and and breathe the fumes. Those fumes are hydrating. You know, we so we do get hydration through our skin. Absolutely. You know, an airplane is one of the most dehydrating environments and people know it. You come off the plane and you're parched. Your 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 lips are, you know, tapped. <laughs> so yeah. And the thing about eating um fruit and vegetables, the water in it is distilled. So you're getting a higher quality water than say bottled water or tap water, which often has been treated in all sorts of ways. It's nature's nature's already filtered it for you. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's incredible. It's it's so it's so great. There was also another, you know, um, so I, I am writing a new book that's coming out. It's going to be more of a, um, you know, basically a blender book, how to, how to change your lifestyle by, by adding some blends in. And it could, it does, it's not only smoothies, it could be, um, you know, mocktails, it could be desserts and all kinds of things using a blender, but there's going to be the science there. And one of the things is uh, fairly recently, another big study that came out that's saying people who eat more than 30 different uh, plants a week have the most diverse gut microbiomes. You know, so that is really important. Our guts are a mess, you know, from all all the damage that we've done to it in the past, between, you know, from antibiotics and steroids and hormones and all that stuff. Uh, we need to really work on our, on, our, on, our, on the bugs in our gut. And those people who eat more than 30 different plants a week have the most diverse, which is a good thing, gut microbiomes. I want to say something. When I, when I went to your restaurant and I had the Buddha bowl, um, I tried to count how many plants were in that. And I, and I couldn't, it, like it, like, I think I had my week's worth in that one bowl, which by the way, lasted me three different meals. <laughs> and uh, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, but when I say 30 different plants a week, I'm talking about vegetables, fruits, spices, nuts, grains, all of it, you know, anything that's grown in nature, that's a plant, you know, so it's not just, you know, people think, oh my God, how am I going to get 30 different, you know, vegetables in my diet a week? It's not, it's not necessarily that we need to play around with some spices and, and all kinds of things. So I, I highly recommend this book to, to try to figure out how to play around with, um, with some of those recipes. Very good, very good. I know, I know everyone listening will kind of be going, okay, hydration, this is wonderful. This is so applicable and it's so relevant to everyone. It really, really is. And like, obviously we, we talked about urine and you said, okay, go into the toilet every kind of two to three hours, make sure that happens at the least. And I know like a couple of other ones, like I've heard you say, is you press your skin and you see that if it springs back reasonably quick. Or it's you... actually, it's actually this thing. You want to pull up your, you pinch the, the top your of your hand. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a thing. And just sort of see how it bounces back. That's, you know, these are all. How, how quick little... should it bounce back? Because I'm sure everyone listening is now grabbing the back of their hand. Going, quickly. Oh, like quickly, quickly like one right second back. or quickly like five seconds or quickly like half a second. Half a second. It should go right back. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I'm yeah. Right, um, I'm going to give yeah, myself I mean, that one. You know, the other, the, the, um, you know, the finger tech, I, I have nail polish on, so you can't see, but you know, you, if these are, these are all, they're not really great. I mean, they're really better if you're super dehydrated, then, then it can give you some idea. So if you push on your nail, you want to see how quickly your, your, it fills back up with, uh, with color. Um, and it should be also pretty quick. Um, the, uh, I, I talked about the thirst. So let me just have another discussion about thirst. Um, 
so first of all, we lose our thirst mechanism as we get older. So that's wow. one reason why thirst isn't a good thing. But but I said it a little bit earlier too. We we teach ourselves to ignore our thirst, you know, because we want to be more productive and 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 work harder and sit at our desk or not stop to have to go pee. So so we ignore our thirst and then it becomes and then it it becomes lessened over time, decreases. So um, so thirst is just not a good marker. If you're thirsty, you're all you're already too far gone. You should have you want to stave off that thirst. You should never really be thirsty. Um, I think I think some of the things, the more important things are, you know, some of the symptoms of of dehydration, obviously the things we all know, constipation, um, headaches, dry skin, dry lips, um, any any dry mucous membranes, dry eyes, those kind of things. Um, joint pain, muscle aches, um, fatigue, going back to that afternoon fatigue. I think that fatigue is um, first and foremost dehydration. Try hydrating first before, you know, before you, you know, go and say, I have chronic fatigue. It, it may, you know, it may be, it's, it's, it's definitely a big thing. I see a lot of chronically ill patients, but, but start with hydration before you start on any new diet or any new um, supplement regimen or any new, just learn how to hydrate. And the good news is it takes two days, you know, one or two days. That's, you know, you, you'll know it in, in it. It's very fast. It's not hard. It's fast. Everybody can do this. And it might mean drinking more water um, or it, and it might mean eating more vegetables and grabbing a green smoothie every day. I think that um, I'm a huge green smoothie fan. So I think blended greens um, with water and whatever else you want to put in there, like fruit or um, ginger and lemon, um, not yogurt. I'm not talking about like that becomes then ice cream, you know, or, or, or even milk or, or protein powder, then it becomes a meal. Um, but a green smoothie, just blended greens with a little something to make it taste good. You're getting vegetables. It's a cheat, basically. It's a way to cheat yourself into getting more vegetables. Easy. Um, I can't tell you how many lives I've changed by just adding one green smoothie a day to their to whatever they're doing. Um, it, it is life changing for people who have never tried it. And simple and highly accessible, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody has a blender. Yeah. Everybody does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, to go slightly out there, um, like I know when I, when I, well, I do sleep most nights, but uh, generally when I sleep and if I have a cold or a blocked nose, a lot of the night I'll be breathing through my mouth and I wake up much more dehydrated than if I actually nasal breathe. So I wonder in terms of, is part of the issue with dehydration is that so many people now are mouth breathers because they have, I guess, Black lost noses. the ability to breathe through their nose, which is a lot more efficient. Yeah. You get a lot less moisture loss. And I wonder, is that a contributing factor for so, why so many people are dehydrated? I definitely think so. Um, you know, there are ways, I, I'm not an expert in, in this, but there are like YouTube videos and ways to train yourself to breathe through your, no, to, to right. breathe through yeah, your nose yeah. at night. Um, I think that that is a, a big deal because it's also filtering your air, um, moisten and that moistens your air. Um, you know, the other thing about, about sleep, one of the, one of the other big aha things that we recently learned is that we, um, most like the largest part of how we, um, detoxify happens in our sleep at night. Um, and that's, that, that was never really known before. And a new, in fact, a new, um, I want to call it an organ or a new system has only recently been discovered. It's called the glymphatic system. And it's this this channel in our brains of how we 
you know, lymph is is in our, all of our body. And nobody could really knew before this. How does how does the brain detoxify? Where does it? How because there's no lymph in the brain. How does it get there? And they discovered this lymphatic system, um, and that is when we sleep. Um, is is when we detoxify the most. So that's why when you wake up in the morning, your urine is really concentrated because we have done all this detoxifying overnight. We haven't peed overnight, um, and and it is it is a little dehydrating. And then with the mouth breathing also. So yeah, there you have to um, once again if you start during the day and learn how to hydrate better during the day, you'll be better off at night, regardless of whether or not you mouth breathe. But I, but I do suggest that people who mouth breathe check out some of those YouTube videos on how to train yourself to to breathe through your nose. I think they're I think it is absolutely worth looking into. Yeah, yeah. Dave for a long while typed his mouth. Do you still yeah. do it? Um no I've trained myself to sleep my side so I don't really breathe through my mouth anymore. Is it working? Yeah. So far I have a few off days that I noticed. Like last night I, I made it through most of the night, but then towards the end I noticed my I'm gonna shut up anyway. I'm not gonna talk about my own personal <laughs> But uh, but okay so so back back to the, the rehydrating thing. A question is like I see people and they've got these massive like it's almost like a four liter canister of water and they're bringing it around with them and they're going to the gym and they're like, you know, I'm kind of going, oh my God, like you're just going to be f- draining yourself in water. And I just yeah. wondered like, you know, there's, there's, you see so many people now walking around and they go to the gym with their water and water, they're always carrying it. I'm kind of going, can we drink too much water? Like, is, you know, oh. is this an issue as well? Do you see any, any instance of this as a doctor? All the time. All the time, and those are my my yogis, my hot yogis, the ones who do Bikram yoga, where they 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 sweat and they drink, you know, and they come in and they're like, I drink so much water, but I can't quench my thirst, you know, and um and so what's happening is so and you talk about challenges. There was that gallon water challenge that's going around. It's still going around because Tom Brady does it, um, which you know he's fine. He's you know he is he's he's great. He knows how to take care of himself. But people who are drinking a gallon of water a day um, are probably having problems. So what's happening is you're drinking what I call bulk water, which is just plain water, nothing in it. Um, you're sweating, you know, and you're peeing out all your electrolytes. So you need to replace some of those electrolytes, um, and it it can. And so one of the things you should look for if you're drinking a ton of water is um, are you getting leg cramps? Do you notice that? Are you fatigued? Are you quenching your thirst? If the answer is no to those, then you're not doing it right. And, and, and um, what is an electrolyte, Dana? Sorry, stick my hand up. I know we went in a big run and we used to. Sorry, we, I go on tangents. No, no, I'm fascinated. What is an electrolyte? Just for anyone listening who kind of like me uh, goes. So water. the main electrolytes are um, sodium, calcium, potassium, magnesium. These are our substance. They're um, minerals are electrolytes basically, and they um, they're they're what helps structure our water. But we need them to to pull water in and out of the cells. They're they're in charge of our, our our sodium pump in our bodies. So we need electrolytes in order to regulate our fluids in our bodies. So when you are are drinking plain water with nothing in it, you know sweat is loaded with electrolytes. You ever taste your sweat? It's salty. You know so. If you're sweating, you're sweating out those electrolytes, and you're not replacing them with electrolytes, um, and and that's that can be a problem. Now, the it's hard. I think people who are doing that and not quenching thirst, you could definitely do an electrolyte, you know, mix. Like they have all kinds of things now, supplements that you could put a little scoop in. You don't need to do it in every single glass of water that you drink a day, um, but. The other thing you could do is just real salt. Like real salt is a brand, but when I but I mean real salt, meaning natural salt. So salt that either comes from a salt mine or the sea or you know Himalayan pink salt. 
that salt has the full spectrum of minerals in it. Like it's not just sodium and chloride. It has all the other minerals in it. So a little pinch of salt and maybe I, I say this, try wake uh, the other uh, trick. Number two, a green smoothie a day is one. Number two, every morning, have a big glass of water, put a little pinch of real salt in there with a squeeze of lemon, suck it down. So front load your water. Um, that's what I call it. So you're you're already starting your day by by sort of drenching your organs with a nice big glass of water and some minerals. Um, and in fact, that's the way that desert people hydrate. Um, so they don't carry around a big glass of water, you know, uh, every you know, or a big jug of water. Maybe they do nowadays, but they didn't before. So they before they would go on their on their journey, they they front load their water. They 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 soak their organs like like so, a camel. Pack it all in. Keep yeah. it there for a few yeah. days. And in terms of electrolytes and minerals, like, you know, I've never, t- only to only when we've gone on big crazy runs do I have I taken electrolytes. But if you're eating plenty of fruits and vegetables, they're just going to be packed with minerals anyway. You and don't then, need them. Right. Yeah, I don't think you need them. So I think for anyone who's listening going, oh crap, I need electrolytes. I, I need to start putting these things. Like my own understanding is that if you're eating lots of healthy food choices and not a lot of processed foods and drinking water, you're going to get, your body's going to have so much electrolytes anyway. Am I right? In exactly. Yeah. Totally. That's that's exactly true. But if you're drinking a gallon of water a day, then it might be beneficial to put a little salt or a little electrolytes in one or two of those. If you're getting leg cramps, if you're, you know, if you're fatigued, if you're not quenching your thirst, it's it's hard. It's very individualized. Once again, that individual, everybody's different. Everybody, you know, so, so yes, you're absolutely right. Once again, those people who are eating well may only need one glass of water. And by the way, over hydration, speaking of overhydration, I see at least once a week a person who comes in, I check their blood and they have low sodium and low chloride. And when I question them, how much water are you drinking? I drink a ton of water. So they're they're drinking so much that their electrolytes in their blood are off. And we used to think that that's very rare. It's not rare. It happens. I see it at least once or twice a week in my patients. So people, um, you can absolutely overhydrate and um, and you don't all need to, to, to use electrolytes. But if you are a big sweater, like if you sweat a lot without a big jumper. Um, <laughs> you, I like that. If you, if you sweat a lot um, and, and you're a, maybe an endurance athlete, you go for a long time, then it's a good idea. Like and they, I actually have a little uh, recipe for a homemade, um, you know, sports drink in there that has glucose and that kind of thing. And I'm not a big believer in the forgive me, Gatorades and those kind of things. They're loaded with artificial junk. So uh, there are there are ways to do it better. Yeah, totally. brilliant. On the topic of structured water, you mentioned that the addition of kind of lemon or a little bit of salt adds a bit of structure to your water. I remember reading a book a few years ago. It was by a Japanese scientist and he kind of... Masaru Emoto. Okay, that's his name, yeah. And he managed to take, I can't remember what type, what would you call the photos again? It was he like, was taking water and I can't, it was showing that structured water, that if you actually, that water... It responds to our intentions or our thoughts or our words. And he'd take, yeah. he'd kind of say, thank you to the water and then look at it under a microscope and take a photo. And it would yeah. be these incredible kind of snowflake. Uh, and like then patterns. similarly, he'd go, hatred, I hate you water. And then the structure yeah. was totally different. And similarly, he'd play classical music or he'd play kind of death metal. And it was quite a different <laughs> response in terms of the water crystals yeah. and the structure. I wonder what do you believe in that and as, to, a given doctor, the, yeah. as a doctor and given the fact that we're in around 60-70% water the human body or physical system is what do you think yeah. of that kind of concept and is there much truth to that? Uh, I love it. I love it. So 
um, you know, my co-author Gina is um, is the expert in that. She's an anthropologist. That's really she's a little more sort of spiritual than I am. I'm very like I had to fight her on everything. I was like, there's not a lot of science behind that. You know, we can't really write that. Like everything in the book is is very sort of science based as much as we could. And so so, but I will tell you, um, I do think that there is there's absolutely something to it. And there are scientists now that are studying um, water memory. There's actually published stuff. I'm no expert in it. Um, I haven't really quite followed it. I do believe it. I mean, you know, I think that there is, um, it's living, water is a living thing, I think, you know, so that's, that's my advocacy for, for that kind of thing. But, um, but I don't think, I don't have the science behind it. So I think it's interesting. Uh, I do know that there is, there's Harvard scientists that are studying water memory. And um, maybe uh, if I have a chance this weekend, I'll go back to it and, and send you a link if I can find some some good uh, good research on that. But I think there's something to it for sure. Yeah, I, find, I find that absolutely fascinating. Even my, yeah. I know myself when I, like we have a farm just up the road, a four acre farm, and we dug down 90, I think it's, on, well, we didn't, I say we, meaning this wonderful big machine came and it drilled down 120 meters down and we found an aquifer. And the water from there, you drink it and it's just like, you know, it's like you, you hear the kind of the music comes on, ah, and you're suddenly wow. going, oh my God, this is beautiful. I feel deeply connected. It feels much <sighs> more like you're you're getting water from a more pure so- source, and it feels more like ah. Oh. And I, I remember I remember years ago I I was traveling and I I was uh, I went to this this it was like a commune type place, and there was all sorts of extreme people of all different type of. Um, interests and whatever and there was a real kind of health they were very health orientated and there was a couple of them were all into like natural they were what was it called and it was um breath area no it was flowing water yeah. the water they would only drink water that was like moving mm. it was like it had to be moving water because that had a different energy or di- now as i said these were extreme people but i understood that kind of like like they'd go out and capture the, get the collect their own water and big glass bottles from a natural spring or a flowing and, yeah. and i was like it was pretty extreme these were very but they were they were very healthy looking people and they'd very bright, vibrant eyes. And I remember going, there's probably something in it. You know, it's not for everyone. Yeah. Most of us live in cities, but it was, yeah. uh, I, I don't know if that's obviously you as a rational science a doctor. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So there is absolutely something to it. Uh, first of all, uh, for me, if I found an aquifer on my property, I would have think I found oil. Like, what? <laughs> so that's that's incredible. Good, like, congratulations. <laughs> that's <laughs> Thanks, really Mel. awesome. It's interesting. I wonder how old that that aquifer. You know how long it's been there. Like that's really really fascinating. Um, so yeah, that when I said that structured water lives in nature, um, we know. Um, so like when you're at a waterfall, that water is different than than water from you know a non moving source that water is loaded with structured water it feels different there it absolutely it has different chemical properties you know the other thing um there's something about the um you know the 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 electrical energy that goes through that it's it's electrified um think about when you go to the beach you know that that water is um is moving it's it's it, you know there's there's energy and you know we talk we touch 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 upon grounding in the book i don't know are you familiar yeah, with yeah, that absolutely. term yeah Love yeah it. so we touch upon it there's there's a little science there was a there was a wonderful beautiful cardiologist stephen sinatra who's since passed away who um, i knew very well and he wrote a book on grounding and and he was a he's a like a yale cardiologist and uh, very interesting stuff. So there's something about the electrical energy of that water that's different, um, and and that water 
that waterfall water, that flowing water, that aquifer water, first of all, it's filtered, it's mineralized, like there's there's there are different properties to it. Um, you know, there's a there's a great website in I don't know if it's if it's in in it by you, but in the States called findaspring.com. And I always get eye rolls when I say this, but I, but the best way to get your water is go bring bottles there, you know, fill it up, take it home. But it's, I mean, it's a huge amount of work. You know, we're filtering our waters. We're filtering everything out of it. There's no, you know, you got to replace those minerals. But yeah, it is absolutely the best way to do that. Yeah, And, and there, it doesn't take a scientist to tell you that. Yeah, they they used to call it living water. Now that I think of it, it was living water, and and it like you, when you stand there by the gushing river or the water coming out of the ground, you go, yeah, it's living. Like it's whereas I think of the tap, I look at the tap in my back garden, and I go, geez, that didn't, you know, it, it just the pipes that are going into it, they can't inherently be, they're very different than the water naturally flowing it's, in water. It's energy. It's all energy. You feel it. You feel the energy. You go to the beach. And that, and the waves are coming. You feel different. You're immediately uplifted. You go to a waterfall. I don't know about you. I get so you 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 feel that energy. It's it's absolutely different. Just you know, you you know it. Mm-hmm. We need to live in our bodies. We need to feel tell you know listen to what our bodies are telling us too. Once again, even yeah. when you spoke about the intelligence of water, if you think about it, even in the Christian faith, there's um what's it called in Lourdes. France, Lords. People would go to Lords to be healed because they believed the water had healing properties and even in Ireland like back in kind of pre-Christian times people used to have wells and kind of these were these were areas of healing and there'd be ribbons left that St. Bridget would have blessed that would help kind of help heal you like that there is even, and maybe it's the intentionality and the belief yeah, I, I don't know the water. even when we were in London I love that yeah even, even recently we were in London and we were talking and Zach Bush was at a little small event and we were talking to some investor who was trying to launch using the administration of medicine through water. And it was like water was the carrying vessel because water had the ability to capture intelligence. And pretty out there, not sure if there's much in it, but I was certainly like, wow, that is cool. <laughs> well, now we've gone way totally. Okay, okay. Totally. Now, just, I mean, think about holy water. Yeah. You know, it's blessed. You know, I, I'd never thought about that before. That's actually, you know, really, and it goes back to the Emoto stuff. You know, it's the attention of what's going into the water. Water has memory. You know, I think there's something to it. And I'm going to find those articles for you. Cool, I'll read them. Okay, okay. I want to bring this back into solid, tangible stuff in terms of hydration, (laughs) because everyone listening has gone, right, that's really interesting. But what about me and staying rehydrated? And I wondered, two two things which I believe are very important in terms of hydration. Number one is movement. I'd love to understand how movement is important to hydration. And number two, the sun. I believe the sun and vitamin D3 or something that is some component in terms of hydration as well. Could you maybe talk about that and what your, yes. your yeah. research has so found? The other like, huge big idea in our book, which has um, uh, was never really talked about before, is that um, movement is a hydrating act. And, and what do I mean by that? So um, a few years back, there was a very brilliant uh, French, I think it was a plastic surgeon, um, did a video to study fascia. Fascia is the, um, it's the tissue that surrounds every cell, every organ in our body. It's the, this connective webbing that surrounds everything. Fascia was never, was not talked about five years ago. Now it's big. Everybody's talking about fascia. Um, and so the, what this French uh, doctor did is that he stuck a, an electron microscope under the skin of a living person. Prior to this, we only ever studied 
we never studied uh, fascia. Like if you were looking at a cadaver, it's a dried, desiccated cadaver. You'd you'd dissect and go cadaver straight is a to a dead the, body, isn't it? A dead bat. Yeah. I'm sorry. In medicine, I wasn't sure yet. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. In medicine, uh, you know, you you have gross anatomy, and you get cadavers, and you open them up, and you look at the the organs, you look at the vessels, and as you're cutting into to get to the organ, you throw away everything that you before that you you don't you know it's not looked at. So he put a a, 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 a electron microscope under the living under the skin of a living person and studied it. And what you see is that fascia is a um, it's a hydraulic pump. It basically so a hydraulic pump moves water. So the idea of you know you got to move your joints to lubricate them. We all know that. We've all said that. Now we absolutely know why. So when you are 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 doing this, you're moving fluid in and out of your brain through your spinal canal. Twisting moves fluid up and down. Um, another reason why sitting is the new smoking, right? You're you're squelching, stopping delivery of hydration to your periphery, to to your feet. So um, so yeah, uh, movement is a hydrating act. It's it's super important. We we have a um, a menu of of uh, of movements throughout the book, and they're simple. We call them micro movements. We made them up. This is not this does not take the place of exercise. This is in addition to exercise. So it's funny because at this point everybody starts moving, and when I talk about this, oh, yeah, I can see, even you guys I see are myself to, wriggling. Yeah, you're starting to fidget, and Twitchy. and I see it all the time in my audience. Is like they're all starting to like you know move in their chair, which is great. We're all meant to move, and in fact, they show that people who fidget live longer which is interest really well, interesting that's one for you harold craston <laughs> yeah. so another reason why we need to um stop yelling at our kids to stop moving in classrooms like let them fidget let them move let them get up and go get a drink of water and come back to their to their seats you know so um so movement is super important and um and just you know a, a third third idea and third trick before you get up, before you get up in the morning, or as you get up in the morning, before your feet even hit the floor, just move everything. Wiggle your toes, circle your ankles, go from your toes to your head, and and move everything. Twist, turn, and then start your day from there. Um, and do it throughout the day, like you know, whenever you find yourself sitting in a chair, you know, think about hydrating. Sorry, I just <laughs> I just shake my old thing. Um, movement is super important. So, I, I, I've, I've been on the lookout for a secondhand treadmill, which I, I had one a few years ago. I had a treadmill. You haven't been looking that hard. I think you're, well, to, you're talking no, I've a got good two game people, there, I've got two, No, Shiv's, look, Shiv's been reposting things on the local Facebook group to try to find a secondhand a treadmill. A few years ago, I turned one into a desk and I put the top of it in. I just put a plank, or Dennis put a plank across the top of it for me and I'd walk and type. And I just found it amazing how, like, how my mind functioned better and I I was amazed how much heat I generated just walking at a really slow pace while working and yeah, it yeah. just like I definitely want to get back into it because it just seems yeah. so much more sense in terms of like we all sit so much whereas our bodies are designed to move and I think they function much better it's in terms of It's contrary to modern thought the idea that movement lubricates your joints you know that way it, it's nearly Well it's a bit it's a bit like you know your muscles only absorb protein when you strain them your bones only absorb the osteoblast you know they only absorb the calcium when you strain them again and i guess it's the same with the joints you know unless you move them the water or the, the fluid the fluid doesn't move around yeah so the, the video is called living fat or living 
fascia, I think is what it's called. Um, and it's, first of all, it's beautiful. Like you have to see it and you see the water moving along, but it also, they're finding that it's also, um, a, our, our fascia generates electricity, um, also works as, as a neurological system. So, you know, much that we thought only, uh, nerves generate, um, you know, neurotransmitters and thoughts. Our fascia also is is a way of uh, that neurotransmitters and nerves and electrical energy is transported as well. So it's 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 fascinating. We're really just starting to tap into the whole sort of fascia. The other thing I used to say: uh, body workers, massage therapists, and physical therapists, um, they know better than anybody that what a dehydrated body looks like versus what a, what a not dehydrated and how easy it moves and, and how after you have your massage or your, or your physical therapy, how much better you feel and how much more, you know, loose you are. So yeah, it's a, uh, and movement is, is imperative. It's just Amazing. imperative. And, and in this day and age, I love this, this, this reference. We used to have, you know, when you drive, you have to, if you pull out of your driveway, you have to sort of turn your head around to, to look behind you. Now we have the, everything is so easy and so, you know, meant for, for ease that 17. we have the camera in front. We no longer have to turn our heads to even do that. So we have to make more of an effort to, to move our bodies in ways that we don't, you know, anthropologically children are born and, and this is kind of a made up number. I don't know the exact number. Let's say 300 different movements. By the time we're forty, we have something like forty different movements. Wow. You know, we 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 don't we don't move as much as when we were kids. So we need to exercise those and keep keep those keep everything limber and movement. Well, well, you can even like I was I've seen something recently where it was saying that people that are born now without wisdom teeth are the next kind of evolution of the human gene because you know the way wisdom teeth we take them out of our heads nowadays because yeah. they go so people that don't have them it's the kind of evolutionary the next stage of it and I wonder in terms of movement because uh, we have become so much more sedentary are our bodies changing over generation because we don't move them as much like people sit longer than they do sleep like on average the average person sits for nine hours a day so I think we need to be rebels and really go against this. Into, uh, make, yeah, anyway, yeah. Scary. Um, uh, okay, another, another thing I thought to talk to you about is, um, which is very important, and most people listening will go, what about coffee? What about coffee and what about alcohol? Does that keep me hydrated? Or is that okay. those diuretics? And what is a diuretic? And if I drink a coffee, do I have to drink two glasses of water to counteract that? If I have a pint of beer, do I have to drink two pints after it? Or how, how, does, how do these impact hydration? And uh, I have good and bad news. Which do you want first? <laughs> uh, sure, hit us with the bad stuff first and we'll end on a high note. Okay. okay. <laughs> there is no um, alcohol. There's no, there's no, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. It is absolutely dehydrating. Your liver has to work hard to, to metabolize it. Um, so the idea that Guinness is good for you, it's kind of not. <laughs> Sorry. Um, although I did enjoy some Guinness when I was, when I was over there. Um, and I think it's fairly low alcohol, isn't it? Do you know what, what the alcohol percentage of Guinness is? I think the zero, zero one's yeah. really low. <laughs> yeah. Very smart, yeah. Dave. So. Yeah. So there's a lot of iron in it. There's, you know, so there are some other things, but, um, so, so, but alcohol, there's, there's no, and in fact, there was just a recent study that's saying zero alcohol is really what we should all be striving for. Um, I think that that's unreasonable. We have to live in this world, you know, but, um, you know, so I do subscribe to the, if you're going to drink. Um, a glass of water in between every drink is is the way to 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 try to do it, you know, um, and and limit, you know, I, you have to kind of limit how much alcohol you're drinking. Um, coffee, on the other hand, is um, anything under four cups is not a diuretic, so it doesn't pull out um, fluids. 
Um, a diuretic is basically that it just it just helps you pee. Um, and uh, and you know so there's some real and there's some really good things about coffee. Now, if I were to drink four cups of coffee though, you know the caffeine would make me crazy. Like I you know so you have to also once again individualized. I can't handle four, four cups of coffee. Um, but there are people who can, and, and they, they they like that amount of caffeine. I highly suggest that you do it earlier in the day because it can affect your sleep. Caffeine is a drug. This is not the caffeine. Uh, this is not the caffeine talk, though. The talk is about hydration. So coffee does count. Anything under four cups. Tea also it depends on how strong you like your tea. The same kind of thing. There's a mount, There's a there's a set point of of that caffeine that it then becomes a diuretic. Uh, but herbal tea is fantastic. Drink as much as you want. That's a great way to get hydration in. Um, and well, yeah, well, so coffee. What like good. black tea and green news. tea? But, black, but, black but tea. for any coffee drinker, that's great news. Because yeah. there's this kind of urban myth that coffee's a diuretic and oh, I shouldn't really drink coffee. It's quite acidic in my mouth. I, I'm not sure if it's good. But to hear that that's, that that's not the case is like, you! Now in Ireland... I, I get that all the time. Yeah. In like, Ireland and in the UK, people drink a lot of black tea. And I wondered, what about black tea and green tea? Are they diuretics? Well, I, I don't know. So that's the problem. I don't, uh, they can't, because the caffeine, there's a certain set point. So I'd have to look, there is a study, I think we have it in the book, that of the amount of caffeine in those four cups of coffee. Now, is, is it four cups of Starbucks coffee or is it four cups of your at-home not-so-caffeine? There's there's a set point in the amount of caffeine. And I know you guys like your tea pretty pretty strong, you know, mm. and so... Um, I would I would say that there is a point where it can become a diuretic. So I would limit, you know, the amount of cups of tea to maybe, you know, also four, five, six, that kind of thing. Um, and green tea, you know, I I think there is decaffeinated green tea um, that you can do that that is a, a great alternative to do. Well, I think there's yeah. tons of other benefits to green tea as well. Certainly, you know, oh, in yeah. terms of mental health and skin and health the- and everything for sure the the egcg there's tons of research that is you know that's the 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 catechins in that green tea that is um really important for for us to have as as antioxidants great for you um but i just want to also go back to the coffee there's um there is definitely better coffee there's organic there's um you know try to get ones that don't have a lot of mold in them there's all these these things that are coming up with coffee that you know, it's, you know, you get your eye rolling because it, it is, it's a problem. We, you know, the more we, um, the more we search, the more we learn and, and the better we'll do over time. So. Brilliant. I've got, I've got two more things I'd love to ask you. So me and Steve, we recently had a breakfast challenge where we both made our own preferred breakfast. And Ooh. we asked people on Instagram who they preferred and people preferred Stephen's porridge. Thank and you. I'm not, I'm not a bad loser at all here. But I just wondered, I was reading uh, some of your stuff this morning and you were talking about the benefits of chia seed pudding, my preferred breakfast. And I'd love if you could talk about chia seeds and why chia seeds, like you talked about gel foods, you know, this fourth new wave of water. And I just wondered in terms of chia seed pudding, like chia seeds are amazing because they absorb water up to 10 times the dimension of their water. And I just wondered if you could talk- 10 times their volume. Their their volume. Thank you, Stephen. Could you talk about chia seeds? (laughs) Yes. Chia seeds are the star of the show um, as far as hydration. Um, did you everywhere in the book board to run? Yeah, 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 yeah Scott York. Yeah, yeah. No, he was so the those guy. Are the, it wasn't Scott York, but he was no, the, he was the main um, guy in he it. He was he was the guy, whatever Blanco, wasn't he? he was, no, there was. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we've my, read my, it. Yeah, it's brilliant yes. anyway. But he was the guy featured in it. He was the guy running in it. One of the. Uh, now I now I can't think of his name. It's I can't see my books from here. So um, you know, there's that Tara Homara tribe who fuel themselves on chia seeds alone. You know, they 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 run fifty mile marathons for pleasure. <laughs> 
and um, and they feel this feel themselves on chia seeds. So chia seeds, number one, yes, the hydrating part of it. So you see that gel that forms around. You make a chia pudding, and it literally creates gel. So that that chia seed pudding is loaded with gel water, structured water. It's in there. Um, phenomenal way to hydrate. Um, but I will say that you know you can get hydration. I don't know what your porridge was made from, but flax seeds are also hydrating. Other um, fiber is very hydrating also, but chia seeds, just they're also loaded with omega-3s, you know, our parents' omega-3s fatty acids, which we need for, for our cell membranes, really important. So um, the alpha ALA, alpha linoleic acid is, is what those chia seeds are loaded with. And we don't get enough of those in our diet, you know, so especially vegans, people who are vegans, they don't eat fish, so they don't get their omega-3s from fish, but they can get the parent omega-3s from chia seeds. So for two reasons, chia seeds are great. Um, but I'm sure your porridge is also, um, I don't know, what was what was the main fiber in the, in the porridge? So, it, so, it was, so what you're saying is Stephen's porridge is not a bad second best, <laughs> but the chia seed is obviously Trump's. <laughs> Good you know job, what? Because Dave. he won the thing on Instagram, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. wonderful. You're speaking my language. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Sorry, I'm only joking. No, I I didn't like, and I see it every day with chia seeds. How much water they take to just bulk up, and yeah. and and I remember from that book, from other studies that they say over the period of the day, it slowly releases the water, so it can be very good if you're in warm countries and whatever. So it not- stores it too. I will say one thing about chia seeds, though. People who are um, are sensitive, you know, it can it, it can upset your stomach. There are lectins in it. Lectins are these, the, you know, they have to be broken down. So if you're not soaking them overnight and you're making your chia seed pudding just like, you know, 15 minutes before, um, it can upset your stomach a little bit. Um, so that's the one, the one thing that we just, you know, some people might be a little bit sensitive. My suggestion is you make your, your pudding overnight and then those lectins really kind of disappear. It's a good way. The same with beans. Like if you're cooking beans, you want to soak them to get rid of those lectins that can upset some people's stomach. Yeah, love yeah, that. Very good. Great top tip. This this has been fascinating. It really has been wonderful. And some of the big takeaways I've got. So water has to be individualized. People have to be very individuals. It's not a, a, a blanket statement of four gallons of or four liters of water a day or a gallon of water. Or eight cups or whatever. It's a case of like how we live our lives. If we sit a lot, if we spend a lot of time indoors in air conditioned rooms, in you know, we're gonna be naturally dehydrated. Whereas and if we eat a whole lot of cream crackers or crackers or dried processed foods, we're gonna need a lot more water. So eating our water is super important. So obviously that fourth phase of water you talked about, like which is fibers high in water. So your fruits, your vegetables, your beans, your chia yeah. seeds. Um, and then movement is super important because it creates a hydraulic pump and pumps it around our body. And uh, yeah. alcohol, alcohol is last, not good. Last one I had, Dan, uh, tap water. What are your thoughts on tap water? And obviously there's a huge variance depending on where you are in the world. But thoughts on tap water versus bottled water. Yeah, um, I think you need to. There's a great website here called um, EWG Environmental Working Group dot org, and and you can search where you live in the states. I don't know if it's if it's overseas um, on on what's in your tap water. So I think that's number one importance because we you know we had a huge problem in Lansing, Michigan, where their their water was literally poisoning their children to the point wow. where it's irreversible. It's it's horrendous. Um, so I would start there. Um, I, you know, I think because of the bottle situation and and the plastics and the, you know, what it takes to move that water, you know, I, I it's 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 hard to say. Um, I think filtered tap water, a good filter, and you can also check ewg.org and you could search by what your budget is on the best filters. 
um, I think filtered tap water is is probably the best way to go for your budget. I mean, for the environment. Um, you know, so that's that's my thought. I still think that there is absolutely a place for bottled water. I'm not going to go to a hotel and drink their tap water. You know, I, I I I will go to the grocery store, pick up some bottled water, keep it with me in my hotel room. You know, there's there's absolutely a place for it. Um, so, but I think environmentally, we have to get those bottles. They're 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 a huge source of of landfill and and problems in this. Brilliant. EWG seems to be just America because uh, my, yeah. It, yeah, so it seems to be just yeah. North America. But I would still check it out for the filters. Like they have great, and they, it's actually a phenomenal environment, ewg.org. Um, they have lists of like the dirty dozen. So the fruits that you should be buying organic if you can, and the ones that are okay, maybe you can't, you know, you can't afford to get organic. Um, it's it's a, a great resource for anybody, even if they don't have the the water. And final, final PPS. So if someone out there, someone listening is going, right, yeah, I've been thinking about getting a water filter for ages at home. You know, what what type? Because, you know, you've got reverse osmosis, you've got carbon water filters, you've got other as the person who's written the book on hydration, what 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 should be an average water filter that most people could um, consider getting? Not like the $10,000 one that's got diamonds yeah. and rubies in it. <laughs> yeah. So um, once again, check that, check that website because it, it goes by budget. Um, we don't mention water filters in the book because of that reason, because it is such a, such a big thing. I personally have a, um, I have a over the counter, it's about $300. It's called an AquaTrue. It's a reverse osmosis filter. Um, I really like that one because it is a, it's somewhat affordable for for many, um, and um, but there are you know you have to sort of know there's got I would think that there has to be um, some kind of resource to see what's in your water you know your your tap water where you live and um, if there is you know fluoride is a whole other subject in and of itself we fluoridate our water here which is baloney it's it's a problem I don't know why we still do that. Um, there's one place in America that doesn't out in Seattle somewhere. I think it's Seattle. Um, and, you know, fluoride is a toxin. It's directly toxic to our thyroid. Um, but a regular filter doesn't filter out fluoride. You know, a, a, a carbon filter doesn't fl- filter out fluoride, um, but a reverse osmosis does. So I think it's 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 a hard answer. It's not it's not simple. It's not easy. Um you know, you should invite people over to your aquifer to, <laughs> to come, <laughs> come for a water party. Let's go get drink loads of water. Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty great. So, uh, very cool. Yeah. Well, well, this has been brilliant. It really, really has, and such a like. It's so everyone listening. This has been extremely applicable. So, uh, thanks a million for your work. It's and, and your book oh. is called Quench, and it's 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 done great, hasn't it? It's done very well. It's published in six languages, not Gaelic though. Um, <laughs> Good one. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it has a very cult following. A lot of um, people who, uh, for some reason, um, uh, estheticians, so skincare people, like a huge, huge follower of skincare people because they know that your skin, you know, starts from the inside out. So um, I can't believe it's saying hello to my Irish friends. <laughs> so Joe and Ian and Brita and Joe and their families, I just have to say hello. Brilliant. They're the reason I met you. Brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, Brilliant. that's great. Great. Well, well, thanks a million, Dan. I look forward to meeting you again whenever that might be. And this is great. I will great. be back. I'll come say hello. And if you're in New York, come say, come, come look me up, come say hello. And um, thank you so much. This was wonderful. And I, I uh, look forward to looking at some of your other books. I'm going to pick them up as well. Brilliant. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, thanks so Dan. You're a star. Cheers, Dan. I love Thank you. Bye. 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 Cheers. Bye. Guess the moral of the story today is, folks, 
drink your water or should you eat it? I would think eating it is a very good And strategy. don't forget to bless your water. Ah, well, now you're taking it too far there, No, I do, like genuinely, no, I do. like, without saying it weird, like, I've gotten the habit, every time I drink water, I'll say, thank you, water, I feel so grateful, and I drink it. Well, I think, think that sounds beautiful, that sounds different than blessing, because blessing it might have some religious connotations, which doesn't apply to everyone, it might turn some people off. Manifest say, your water, folks, manifest your water. But saying thank you to your water, I think, is universal, I think that's yeah, a great yeah. philosophy. I think it was loads of practical tips there, certainly, like, yeah, what I really we enjoyed that, really practical, and it's, it's lovely to kind of delve into one of these little, very specific aspects of health. And it's certainly, like, it's just so applicable to everyone. And the 90% of people, so that's 9 out of 10 people listening today, are likely, likely dehydrated. Yeah. So, And I guess it comes from spending so much time indoors, not moving enough, and not eating enough foods that are high in water. Like, as, as she said, fibrous foods are high in water, which you only get in fruits, veg, beans, legumes, whole grains, nuts and seeds. Any... <laughs> Oh, excuse me. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We're really grateful for your time. Um, big shout out to Vivo, who sponsored this podcast. And do check out Dana's book. Uh, it is called Quench, and it's fabulous. Yep. Thanks, Mel. We really, really appreciate it because we love doing this podcast. Big shout out to Sean Cahill and Sarah Fossett, who produced. And Ralph, the little inspiration sitting here looking at us. Yeah. So, anyway, thanks, Mel. Bye. 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 Bye.